Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another edition of the L2 Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Curtelli, and as always, I'm here with Mr. Luca Moya. How are you doing on this fine Wednesday evening? Doing great. Doing great. A lot of things to talk about. I'm excited. Uh, it's always a pleasure to come on here, baby. And uh, no snow this week, Luca. No, not it's, really. uh, hey, Don't jinx it, bro. Don't jinx it, please. I was listening to the news. It might be coming, but it, it was beautiful today. 10 degrees outside. Took off my jacket, wore my sweater home. I even went home with the windows down from oh, work today. Baby. I, you know what? <laughs> I just hope, I hope uh, the parks open soon so we can go out there and uh, play some sports because I have been dying inside watching sports and not being able to play them. So hopefully things uh, get back to normal pretty soon. Something... Uh, that the fans may not know about is Luca is a hell of a baseball player. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Listen, you give me a softball bat uh, 200 feet to left, I can <laughs> hand it over. No problem, baby. A little slow pitch. Too. I can corroborate that story because I was the one pitching to exactly. you when you knocked it out of the park. So very nice, very nice. Thank you. So let's get started with uh, some topics today. Over the weekend, Sid the Kid, Sidney Crosby, played his 1,000th game of his career and we're going to go over a little bit of his stats. He's got 468 career goals, 810 assists for 1,278 career points. He's had some unbelievable seasons, 2005, 2006, 39 goals, 102 points. He won the Calder that season. And as well, in two, the next year, in 2006, 2007, he led the league with 120 points, 36 goals. He's a four-time All-Star, two-time Art Ross winner, two-time Hart Trophy winner, two-time Maurice Richard Trophy winner, a two-time Con Smythe winner. He's won the Mark Messier Leadership Award, and he is a three-time Stanley Cup champion with the Pittsburgh Penguins. That's a mouthful. That is a resume for Sidney Crosby. Luca, first question for you. What does Sidney Crosby to you mean to the game of hockey? Sidney Crosby, I think in this era, Lucas, is the closest thing we've gotten to one of the greats. Um, We didn't grow up in a time where we can watch Wayne Gretzky. We didn't grow up in the time we can watch, you know, prime Lemieux, guys like Bobby Orr, you know, right? Uh, We got a little bit of Yager, but I mean, Yager was kind of towards the back end of his career when we were starting to really, really dissect the game. Still great career nonetheless from him, but Sidney Crosby is the Canadian guy who will always be remembered for bringing gold to Team Canada in 2010. He was the face of the NHL for years to come. Sid the Kid, he still has that nickname. Take that in, and he's, what, 32, 33 years old, and they still call him the Kid because he was such a phenom coming out of the uh, the 2006 NHL draft, and he definitely lived up to the the hype. He lived up to the name. He brought cups to Pittsburgh. He kind of reminds me, and I'm not trying to, just bring Brady into every single podcast that we do, but it kind of reminds me of him because he wins a cup in 2009. He kind of really doesn't come that close to going back to another one. And then he wins back to back kind of like what Brady did. He won young in his career, didn't go to the Super Bowl for 10 years. And then he goes on to win multiple later in his career. That's kind of what Sid did. And can I see another cup in his career? I think definitely maybe one more in him because it's so hard to count him out. He's just a fantastic player. He will, I think, go down as, we're going to talk about this later, as one of the greats, but the greatest player of this generation. 
and it's going to be a privilege to say that to your kids or to your grandkids that we got a privilege of watching this guy play. Yeah, you're totally right on all fronts there. For me, I played hockey ever since I was four years old. And yes, I was a Leaf fan. I grew up a Leaf fan my entire life. But you always rooted for Crosby. You always loved <laughs> seeing when the P- Pittsburgh Penguins would come to Air Canada Center, as it used to be called, and seeing Sidney Crosby go to work, especially in those early years in his 20s, and seeing what he could do with the puck and all those amazing goals. You could remember that backhand shootout goal he had against Theodore in Montreal, his first game against Montreal, all of those hand-eye coordination goals, all these memories you have from Sidney Crosby. And he, again, he's, I think, for us, 2,000 kids, he's our guy. I think McDavid is the guy coming up for the the next generation of hockey players. But for me personally, he's the greatest of, he's the, the best hockey player in our generation as a two thousands baby. I think so, so now saying that you, you mentioned prime Lemieux, Wayne Gretzky. We could be even put Gordie Howe in there. Where would you rank Sidney Crosby all time? And before you, I'll go first, because I, I, I love to hear your, your all-time rank. We've had this debate before. Yes, we have. And I just said that he's the greatest right as of right now. If you, you wanted to, to pick a player that has been the best for such a long period of time, it's Sidney Crosby. And that's where I have him in the top five of all time. Okay. Wayne Gretzky for me, yes, it's a different generation, different style of hockey, different everything goalies he's he leads the nhl in points all of this he has to be number one number two mario lemieux we never got to see mario lemieux for the long period of time we got to see wayne gretzky so that's what kind of diminished his stats and then it's Sidney crosby for me at number three just because he dominated his era he's a three-time stanley cup champion that's why he's going to be number three and you have him over ovechkin Gordy, Gordy Howe as well, and even Bobby Orr, I would have to put in there. But number three for me is Sid. I think when you look at Sid, it's so hard to compare eras. It's kind of like what we do with, you know, LeBron and, and Jordan, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's hard to compare eras because, again, like I said when I started this debate, I mean, we didn't get to see Gretzky. We didn't get to see Lemieux. We didn't get to see Michael Jordan. So we're going based off of, of what we know. And I could be the prisoner of the moment here because you – just look off of stats that what Wayne Gretzky did, Lucas is probably never unless you play on rookie mode for 20 years on NHL career mode, you're not going to catch this guy. <laughs> never. So that's never. It's just something that's untouchable. He's got the most points just off of assists. Exactly. It's, it's crazy. Right. But I'm going to do it anyways. I'm putting Lemieux at one and people might think this is outrageous. And if you look at the points per game, this is what I always bring it back to. Lemieux, we know his career got shortened just like Sid in the heart of his career with the cancer. He was a fantastic player for the Penguins, brought them three cups. I think the points per game, Gretzky, 0.92 points per game, Lemieux, 0.88. So it's not like Gretzky was just, you know, had like a full point a game over Lemieux, even though it might seem like that when you look at total points. I just like Lemieux better. And then a number two, I'm going Sid. I'm sorry, I am. And again, Gretzky is phenomenal I get I didn't see him play but from what we can see what we can digest from the information that we have to us he should probably be one (laughs) undoubtedly one I'm putting Sid there because of the 
argument I brought up before. It's the era. You look back at the era. I don't have to be a genius to know, Lucas, that that era wasn't up to par with the era right now. You just don't have to. Mm -hmm. The way that the game has changed, it's gone faster. It's harder to score. The goalies are much better. I'm going to put Crosby there at one because you look at the prime of his career. He got hurt with the concussion um, in that 2011-2012 season. He had 37 points in 22 games, Lucas. And then he gets hurt the next year. He had 56 points in 36 games. And then he comes back in an 80-game season and puts up 104 points. This guy was unbelievable in the heart of his career. It's, it's so unfortunate that he had to get hurt in the prime years of when we were watching Sid the Kid, that Winter Classic game. Um, I think what was David Steckel just ruined yep. people's childhood, really? Exactly, David Steckel. Who, where is he now? Yeah, and exactly. He, he ruined shortened it for one of the, the career of one of the greatest of all time. Exactly, he just ruined um, our chance to really watch greatness. But thankfully, Sid came back and did what we all thought he was going to do. I like him. Gretzky's obviously there at three. I just like Sid because one, he won cups. It was a tougher era, and the reason I love Sid so much is because in a in an era with social media, all that he's under the radar. You don't hear Sid in the news. You don't hear Sid, you know, saying we are going into this game. We're guaranteed going to beat the Caps. We're guaranteed going to beat the mm-hmm. Rangers. We're going to win the Stanley Cup. You don't hear that. He's humble. He's the pure definition of a captain. Sidney Crosby, to me, I think he's just unbelievable. By the end of his career, I'm probably going to have him number one. <laughs> See, I just think like. Gretzky number one. We're gonna get back. We're gonna yeah, stay on sure. this. I mean, Gretzky number argue. one. Just because I'm not argue. it's just because he dominated his era. He was the number one guy, and putting up all these points, all these goals, all these assists. Four times Stanley Cup champion. You could say he he really is the main reason why hockey is so big in the Los Angeles, California area because Agreed. he was traded there, and that's what brought the buzz to that market. So mm-hmm. that's why Wayne Gretzky won not only what he did on the ice, but like what he brought to the game of hockey, he did so much. And that's why I'm at number one and number two, I think Lemieux is just right there neck and neck with Wayne Gretzky. He got shortened due to the cancer that he had his career. And that's why he's number two. He, you don't really have that. I would sample say track size. record. The yeah. sample size. You see Gretzky has a bigger sample size than, Wayne, than uh, pardon me, uh, Mario Lemieux. And then Crosby, number three, because he has dominated his era. I just think because mm-hmm. of all the points, Mario Lemieux, again, is right there neck and neck. You have to put Crosby, number three, because he's the number one in this era. And then we're soon going to talk about Connor McDavid as we're moving on to the next question, which is involves Mr. Connor McDavid. Luca. You're a big Crosby fan. Yeah. You've seen what Connor McDavid has done in this small sample size. If you had to start a franchise with a centerman, who would you draft at number one, Connor McDavid or Sid Sidney Crosby? Prime, uh, prime Crosby, prime McDavid. Is that what we're going yes, with? Yes, that's what we're going with. Prime Crosby, no matter what. I'm sorry. He's just he was unbelievable, Lucas. I read out the stats before, and by this time in Crosby's career, he already in Crosby's year. Um, compared to McDavid's, he had a cup already. And mm-hmm. he went to another Stanley Cup final as well. Right? You remember that. He was playing on a line with, what was his name? Pascal Dubuis? Dubois? What was his name? Pascal, Pascal Dupuis. Yeah, Dupuis. I mean, really? This guy's playing with Leon Dreisel, just put up, just won the heart last year. And yeah, you can say, okay, maybe McDavid made him. Okay, maybe you can make an argument, but I don't think so with the way he's been playing. Maybe I think he's erased some of those questions. Mm-hmm. He could be better without McDavid. Or... He could be just as good without McDavid, sorry. 
but it's Sidney Crosby for me. I get it. McDavid's flashy. I get it. He's probably a talent we haven't seen before, the way he can pick up the puck, be explosive, change on a direction, his shot, his vision, all that. But Sidney Crosby, I love those kind of players, and you know that I love those kind of players. The players like Crosby, the players like Ryan O'Reilly, the players like Patrice Bergeron, who do it on both ends of the ice. For me, Crosby is a better leader than McDavid. It's unfair to say that because he's so young, McDavid, but what I said with Crosby in this era with social media, all that, I'm taking Sid no matter what. He gets the job done. Every time he's on the ice, it's like, oh, God, here we go again. You have to contain number 87. And, yeah, it's said to do that, too, with number 97 in Edmonton. But prime Crosby, to me, was an animal. He was an absolute animal. And I just can't see myself picking McDavid over Crosby because I just think Crosby is just unbelievable in his prime. And if you want to take McDavid, Lucas, all the power to you. But I think I'm going to take the guy who just wins. See, Luca, you d- don't underestimate me because I was just about to say I am all for taking Sidney Crosby at number Thank one you. to start my franchise. Thank you. Taking how many guys, how many line mates Sidney Crosby has had throughout the years. And you just mm-hmm. said it, Pascal Dupuis. Huh. Do you Chris remember Kunitz. Chris Kunitz? Yes. Chris Kunitz was made because of Sidney Crosby. All he had to do was stand in the what you call the house, which is the hash marks to the crease. Yeah. All he had to do was stand there, and Sidney Crosby would put that puck on his stick. Again, McDavid. He makes his teammates better as well. For sure. But Sidney Crosby is the complete player. Offense, defense, leadership qualities in the dressing room, face-off ability. McDavid is, is flashy. But Sidney Crosby is the guy that gets – gets things done three times Stanley cup champion. And you could argue McDavid really hasn't had the teams to, to really make a run. I, I hate that argument because he's had a lot of talent. I, but in hockey, that. hockey is not like basketball, Luca, where no, one or two guys can take you to but a with championship. The talent that he has and the player that he is, don't you but think Sydney he Cros- at least but gone Sydney to Cro- a final, at least a final, but Sidney Crosby, Sidney Crosby always had, he had Mark Andre Fleury in that. He had the Leon Dreisaitl to McDavid. He had Evgeny Malkin with him. Again, he had a veteran uh, decor led by Hal Gill, Sergei Gonchar, Chris Letang as well on the okay. back end there. Yep. So that's where it's hard to make the argument where Sidney Crosby is a winner because hockey is such a team sport mm-hmm. that you need you need four lines three sets of D and two goaltenders to really get it done to go all the way to a final. And for sure, but Sidney Crosby, he's won three cups with three different types of teams and with two different coaches. So I think this is why we take Sidney Crosby. He made Chris Kunitz, a he team Canada Kunitz. player, a team Canada. I don't player. even think Chris Kunitz, he played yes, like he all played. the games in that tournament. I'm pretty sure he did. And like a lot I, of the just, games with I, I Crosby. Can't believe, I cannot believe Chris Kunitz made that team, and it's all because of the guy we're talking you about. You see, you'll go to Chris Kunitz's trophy case, and you'll see a gold medal there. Yeah, and you're like, what and the it heck? Goes, Thanks to Sidney Crosby. The only thing Chris Kunitz did without Crosby was score the double OT knuckle puck against <laughs> Ottawa. That's the only thing he did. <laughs> That's the only Where thing is he, he now? I think he's on Tampa or something. No. Tampa or maybe Chicago? I think it was Chicago, yeah. Yeah, but Chicago. Anyway, he's, he's a fourth liner and sits still carrying the pen. So what, the, what, what is that going to tell you? <laughs> That's why I draft him in the fantasy, baby. Last question regarding Sidney Crosby. Does he finish his career 
in Pittsburgh? I think he does. I, I don't think I can see him going anywhere else. Um, I, I don't know if a lot of people know this story, but Crosby actually lived with Lemieux. And Lemieux finished, you know, he, he's, uh, he's known as a Pittsburgh legend, a hockey legend. We just talked about that. I don't see any reason why he would leave. Maybe if he's still playing when he's like 39, 40, he wants to go to another team for one year because the Pens don't want to pay him and move on. Maybe, but I think if it's up to Sid, I think he's staying for the rest of his career, and I don't see why he would move anywhere else. Again, I totally agree with you there. They just added Brian Burke as the new president. They just got Ron Hextall as the new GM. And good pickups. Good pickups. I, I've always yeah. liked Brian Burke as a, like, as a front yeah. office guy. You can say what you want when he was front office uh, president of the Toronto Maple Leafs but I really like his hockey sense and his hockey knowledge. Look at the Calgary Flames. He he built he put a lot of those guys right now on that team and look at them right now. Mm-hmm. You have that front office. Pittsburgh isn't really that they're always there but they're right now they're really not that the that dangerous team as we always thought. They're always going to be there. But they weren't the dangerous team during those two cup those two cup runs. Yeah. But I think and you give it three, maybe four years, Brian Burke can maybe give Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin and Chris Letang another shot at a fourth ring. So I think he's going to stay based on just having that new leadership group. Sticking with hockey, the Lake Tahoe outdoor game, two of them took place over the weekend, Boston and Philadelphia and the Vegas Golden Knights and Colorado Avalanche. During the Vegas Avalanche game, there was some ice problems due to the sun. It was a beautiful setting, very beautiful, but it was really, really sunny. And I heard they did have – it was cold enough. It was just really sunny. And if you've ever played on a backyard rink, you know when yeah. it's sunny and you're going as hard as NHL players are, the ice is going gonna, is gonna to wear away and it's going to have those divots and all that. So you saw the game was stopped multiple times due to all of these – these problems and eventually they had to postpone it. It took place the Vegas Colorado game 10 hours and 37 minutes after the puck was first dropped and the avalanche ended up taking the game by a score of three two. Boston beat Philly with the Pasternak Hattie, the Barbie girl song. Did you see that interview after yeah, the Pasternak yeah. that you ruined his Barbie yeah. girl celebration? <laughs> but first question here should have the NHL expected those problems to happen due to the climate of Lake Tahoe. Do you think? I mean, it's, it's so hard to tell. I think they did a great job because the scene, like you said, was beautiful. Um, just the pictures, not even from the game, Lucas, like you see the, the overhead pictures on Instagram mm-hmm. or Twitter, yeah. like are on the score that it was unbelievable. It and was beautiful. I, I honestly, when you, when you play outside, I know we're used to the winter classics and the, mm-hmm. and the heritage classics or whatever. And you can't hear as much on ice now, but with no fans, I love the grinding of the skates mm-hmm. on the ice. It's just, for me, it's just, it's, it's like one of those sounds of like a baseball hitting the bat or, uh, you know, the basketball on the swish. I just love that sound. And, and it was really clear to, to see during those games. And um, I think the NHL did a great job of that. It's unfortunate. You can't control the weather. I mean, you, you can't really give the NHL a lot of heat for that. It happened. It got delayed. They, they did it over. They ended up playing the game anyways. It, it was probably annoying for the players to have to wait 10 hours, right? But, again, you can't control the weather. It's like, okay, we either do this or we, or we don't, and they did. So 
Yeah, it really gave you the the outdoor rink vibes when you're out there mm-hmm. on a Saturday, Saturday afternoon, sun's, sun's out. And for the NHL, you can't argue. It's a gorgeous sunny day at Lake Tahoe. What are you, You're not going to be mad about that. It's just mm-hmm. ice and sun really don't go together. So, yes, they, they handled it well. It could have turned the game. You know what I mean? Waiting 10 hours between between play after the first puck drop. The Avalanche ended up taking it. So, but good job on the NHL for especially all the crews out there who really yeah, for sure. took the time to fix that ice. Where else would you want to see a outdoor game played? We have this Lake Tahoe, Lake Tahoe, Nevada, which I, I was surprised when it, like they said Nevada. I'm like, isn't it like really hot there, middle of the desert, Las Vegas? Yeah. I guess not. <laughs> it's up in the mountain, but like I would love to see one. Do you remember those old Molson Canadian commercials where they always like win a chance to play at that mountain yes. rink? Yes, That's where yes. I would want to see, like maybe in Vancouver and the, like if they can. With the mountains like, this in the background? Mountains in the background, but like in the mountains, you know what I mean? Yeah. The problem with that is obviously safety. <laughs> That's one thing. <laughs> I'm just um, saying like, I'm saying maybe yeah. a, a little unrealistic here, but like that would be so cool to be in the mountains playing a game. I don't know if you're going to ship fans up there, but as of right no. now, if yeah. you're going to have a, a no fans game, like the Lake Tahoe game, you got to bring, a I think, I think one there. of the things uh, you can't do is obviously, and a lot of people are like, Oh, like, again, you see on, on social media, those, those guys skating on like the pond or those lakes, mm-hmm. right? It's like, you can't put a game on the lake. I mean, no, that's just because you never know what yeah, could happen. Exactly. And then those guys are Cindy again, Crosby could be skating on a break. Oh, no, no, no. Stop. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the and, then, and then the sun comes out like this one. And it's like, oh, here we go. I want for a could swim. you imagine a game yeah. ending on somebody falling into a, into the lake? No. <laughs> I mean, that would just, I mean, the NHL's got to pay for some skates. They're going to ruin them all. Oh, for sure. Um, but uh, again, like a game, yeah, I, I guess a game, I wouldn't say, in the mountains, because I don't know how that would work. I, I don't mm-hmm. know where you're going to get a surface big enough to really, you know, you're going to get, you got to get cameras up there. You got to get the players up there. What if mm-hmm. someone's afraid of heights? Then it's like, okay, <laughs> <laughs> can't play there. Accessible so, mountains. I'm not saying on the tip of the mountain. No, I'm I know saying you maybe mean. you have, yeah. it's, it's, you have that background of like maybe the Rocky Mountains. Maybe, yeah, or I can see that. Maybe Denver. You don't have the problem with the sun because it's going to be a nice, like, well, you can't I, I, backdrop at the yeah. elevation they're at. You're going to put it in Denver, but then the altitude's too high. So yeah, you can't yeah. do there. No one's, everyone's going to pass out. I, on th- I think Vancouver's a good thing. What about like, I don't know, random, like random, say like Alaska. You just put them in the cold. <laughs> the with, Yukon. Yeah. With, with the, <laughs> None flurries, of the flurries are coming down. Uh, you know, you get some dog sled people going there for a little <laughs> halftime show, get a little race going. I don't know, something like that. I, I kind of like it when the games have flurries. It makes it more mm-hmm. of an outdoor vibe. Not to say that this year wasn't any good because we, we spoke about the view and all that, but I would like a place that snows a lot to see the flurries. I know it's probably going to ruin the ice a little bit. Um, they would probably have to sweep and have those, you know, every 10 minutes get a crew yeah. on there. Well, I think it's pretty good. We've seen winter classics where the snow have come down quite a bit, and I kind of enjoy it. It's hard to see obviously, but I like it. So saying that, what would be your top three outdoor games? hmm. Well, I mean, one to three or go three to one, like three to one worst to best. I'm going to be honest. Number three to me, it's not an NHL guy. I I rather like the world junior one a couple years ago. It was the first time 
we got to see World Juniors outside Canada versus the States. I, I thought it was pretty cool to see, you know, the future of the league playing outside. I thought that was a pretty cool uh, venue. And then number two for me, I got to say that Pittsburgh and Buffalo one, where we went to a shootout. Uh, Crosby scored in the shootout. We just talked about Sid. We know what happened three years later, but mm-hmm. that was great. He was still young. He was only, what, two years into the league. Um, it was a great game against the Sabres. They ended up winning that game. I think Colby Armstrong had a pretty good game. That uh, don't, don't quote me on that. I don't know <laughs> what I'm saying. But <laughs> I think he was playing on uh, the Penguins there. And number one, I like I liked the Leafs and the, uh, and the Red Wings. I thought that was great. Matthew scored in overtime. I don't know how that puck went in to this day. I still don't know how he got it off the boards, flicked it on his backhand and it went in. But it's just great to see uh, a team – you know, that we, we, we watch here in Toronto going out there on the national stage. I know it was technically a road game for them, but a lot of support, man, a lot of Leaf fans outside and, and the fans are, Wait, are you talking about the one at BMO or the one at, at uh, Michigan in Michigan? Yeah. Michigan, the one against yeah, Detroit. Michigan. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you yeah. said Matthews. Matthews wasn't on the team back. Then. Yeah. He ripped. No, it was Bozak. Kessel, Sorry, like, I meant I meant the one where Matthews ripped. That's on me. So the one in BMO. Yes, the one in BMO. And Matthews See, I get confused because they played twice. So I got yeah, confused. Yeah, yeah, sure, yes. sure. Okay. All how right. many games of Boston had in the Winter Classic? I don't like to, to talk about those games, even though Savard gave me a nice OT winner back in 09. But I don't want to I don't so want to be a homer. Number, You're probably going to put both the Leafs at the top. Oh, for sure. Give me a yeah. second here. Give See, me a there second you go. here. Number three for me. Like you said, Pittsburgh, Buffalo. That was, the, I'm pretty sure, the first mm-hmm. winter classic game. There was Heritage, Heritage Classics yeah. before with Calgary and Edmonton, I think. Mm-hmm. And then this was the first winter classic. Sidney Crosby in the pouring snow ends it on Ryan Miller, the vintage Buffalo wow. goalie. And that was like the first time you saw, like, like I was surprised like he's wearing a toque in net. Like that's how like yeah. cold it was out there during that game. And it was snowing. Number two, for me, would have to be the Toronto Red Wings in the Michigan in Michigan Stadium. Again, goes all the way to a shootout. It's snowing. It's freezing. And Tyler Bozak ends it on Jimmy Howard. I was absolutely hyped for that one. And number one for me has to be Philadelphia and the New York Rangers. Danny Briere. Oh my goodness. Saved by Henrik Lundqvist on the penalty shot to tie the game. Oh my gosh. I love that one because I was really into those 24 seven series and they followed that yes. one. They yeah, followed they that the winter classic. And I, I was just, I watched that game from start to finish. So that was one of my favorite ones. And I just want to shout out here for the Cretelli and Pecchia oh, winter yeah. classic on the outdoor rink. When we were kids, we used to have it every single year on at Christmas it was me and my buddy Lucas versus our two brothers, his brother and my two brothers. It was a little three on two. Sometimes we would always win. It's it's the series is still tied. I'm pretty still sure. tied, eh? It's still, still tied. tied. So we might I, have to. I just want to point uh, out. Just want to point out. Colby Armstrong did score in that game, so I'm not all crazy. Okay, it was two one, and <laughs> and Armstrong. Colby Armstrong. He did score the Pittsburgh goal, so it kind of makes up for my blunder about the Leafs and the the BMO and, Matthews, and Michigan the and all that. So I'm glad I got that one. The Leafs both won their Winter Classic games, but they had that other one against the Caps where they absolutely got destroyed yeah. in those white jerseys. So 
we don't we don't want to have nice jerseys one. that night though dude the white one, come on you didn't like the all white leaf jerseys yeah no for sure but uh, the, With the white were, pants they were oh, gross too though dirty dirty you can't just admit smoked. someone else had better jerseys or had no. nice jerseys even? those were sick I'm watching the Leaf game right now, and they're wearing those the reverse retros, and I just I just can't look at them. I don't like the Leafs. <laughs> All right, to wrap up the show, we're gonna go a little basketball for the first time on the okay. L2 Sports podcast. The Raptors, okay, baby, they got off to a rough start this season, two and eight in their first ten games, then battled back, six and four in their next ten. That got them to the twenty game mark. Then in thirty one games, they've gone eight and three. Mm-hmm. Pardon me. In the, ne- in the next 10 games, the next, next 10 games, they went eight and three, and they're back to 500 at 16 and 16 because they lost the 76ers. They beat the Bucks two times last week. They also beat the 76ers. They beat in the next, the Nets this season, as well as the Miami Heat, the team that went to the NBA Finals last year. Some notable players, Fred Van Fleet playing unbelievable, Pascal Siakam, Norman Powell getting some new minute, uh, more minutes. He's at up to 28 minutes per game, as well as Chris Boucher getting a lot of time out there on the floor. What I've been seeing from the Raptors is, especially in those Milwaukee Bucks games when they beat them, they started off small because Mm -hmm. they really don't have a bona fide center anymore, i.e. they lost Serge Ibaka and and Marc Gasol. They got Aaron Baines, but I don't think he's up to that caliber of... A Serge Ibaka or a Marcus All, even at the age Marcus All was playing for the Raptors. But do you like this small approach that they're taking? I mean, like, do you do you think that it, they can go far with using this approach? No, um, and it's nothing to do against the the talent on the Raptors. I've never been a fan of small ball because if you go up against a team that is dependent on their center, which a lot of good teams are, like. You go up against 76ers. I know it's going to probably attract a lot of double teams to Embiid, but Philly's done a nice job of surrounding their roster with shooters this year. I know Danny Green hasn't quite been the same in the last couple of years, especially this season, but they've surrounded himself with, you know, with Curry um, there and Simmons still can't shoot a lick, but they they have Tobias Harris. They got Tobias Harris. That's right. So, I mean, I don't I've never liked small ball approach. I know Houston did it last year, then have a guy over what like six, seven. That's the ultimate small ball mm-hmm. approach when you got PJ Tucker playing center. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I don't like it at all. And and I get why they're doing it because Aaron Baines isn't really the answer. I think going into the draft, I'm looking at a guy maybe like Evan Mobley, if he falls to the Raptors, the rate they're going, they're probably gonna have a middle pick in the first round in the twenties. I don't really know why they're winning because I don't see exactly. anyone beating the Nets, even for the Phillies playing even Milwaukee if they can figure things out. Mm-hmm. And I just want to point out, I don't like – small ball can only get you so far, but just throw mm-hmm. it back to the NBA Finals and watching LeBron and Anthony Davis just absolutely dominate exactly. the, the Miami Heat who yep. really didn't have a bona fide center. I know Bam Adebayo is six, a big nine. guy, but he's 6'9". Six, six, he's not yeah. a seven-foot center. Yes, no. he has the he he can play tremendous defense, but when you have Anthony Davis, even LeBron James, who is the same height as Bam Adebayo, add in Javel McGee, Kyle Kuzma as well, big guy. Yeah, he's that's not. Why, well, that's yeah. That's why I just uh, I just don't like the I don't think the small ball can win you a championship, well, you but at, it might get you to the playoffs right yeah. now based on the talent that the the Raptors don't have. 
They don't look, have a, a a certified center, so they're gonna have to take this approach. No, for sure. I, but you look at all the teams, Lucas. They're top of the league. Look at this. You got the 76ers with Embiid. You got mm-hmm. the Nets. I know Durant is seven feet tall, but DeAndre Jordan occasionally, I think he's valuable, and a lot of people realize. The Bucks, they got Giannis, they got Brook Lopez. Okay, then you go to Utah, they got Rudy Gobert. Okay, you got the Clippers. Okay, center, not their biggest issue. You got the Lakers. The Lakers, yep. they're third in the West. Um, Davis is out. They still have Gasol. They have a lot of good pieces. And then you got the Suns, who are fourth in the West with DeAndre Aiden. So they all have centers. All you see all these guys, and I didn't even mention, you know, Denver, who's low in the West this year. They got Jokic, who's arguably the best center in the game. So you need a good center for me. Anyways, I lo- mm-hmm. I, I think centers are so undervalued in this league because a lot of people take rebound. A lot of people take rebounds. You know, they, they don't take in consideration how important rebounding is because mm-hmm. everyone loves to shoot the three ball now. Yeah. But I don't know why teams don't uh, pay centers more because I think they're valuable. Yeah, the game is changing and it's more yeah. – dedicated to let's let's shoot let's shoot the three ball and let's live and die by that saying all that does this put the raptors in a weird kind of position they're 16 and 16 right now Mm -hmm. do you think they should go for it at the trade deadline or really like because i'm just gonna mesh two questions in kyle lowry's contracts up at the end of this year Mm -hmm. if the raptors aren't in a a win mode or make the playoffs mode. Do you see them trading Kyle Lowry, and what do they get back for him? This is the I don't think he's gonna get a first. You're not gonna get a no. first for Kyle Lowry. Do you get maybe a a two years away point guard, a two years away like or a center? Could you trade Kyle Lowry for a, a decent center? I don't know. I don't know what his value is. I think depending on the right team, I think you could get a first if a team is desperate. Like again, but like, what team is want... desperate for a point guard right now? Well, I mean, I especially know, my... one, especially one, because you're gonna have to send Kyle Lowry to a contender. You're not gonna send him to like, could you send him to Philly? But you're not gonna get a decent point guard in return because they have no. Ben Simmons. No, Curry, I agree. And then Kyle, Kyle Lowry would come off the bench. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's tough to say. I, I could definitely see a team definitely going for him. Uh, maybe, maybe the Pacers. I don't know if they want to trade him. You can always play Brogdon at the two. Um, if you want to trade him to the West, maybe you, you pair him up in San Antonio with DeRozan, get some veteran there. I know DeJounte Murray, Murray sorry, is a great young piece. But you never know. Maybe, maybe they, they want to reunite mm-hmm. him and Pop. Um, you know, there are a lot of teams I think that could – the thing is about a lot of teams and a lot of sports is that they think they're better than they actually are. Yeah. And they, they overpay because they think they're just, oh, if we get this piece or a piece away. And Lowry is the typical veteran at the deadline point guard that has championship caliber. That's exactly literally what Lowry is. So I think you could get a first for him. If I'm the Raptors, um, it's too late to trade him now. You should have traded him two years ago after they won the championship. That's just my opinion. Um, it's better to trade a guy two years early than one year late. That's always the mentality I have. He's still a great player. Don't get me wrong. I think after the championship, maybe the deadline last year, they could have traded him away. I know they went farther than we thought, but but still, I don't think the value you're going to get now. They're 16 and 16 teams. No, they're desperate. Are they going to buy? Are they going to sell? I would sell. They're not going to win the East anyways, mm-hmm. at least in my opinion. I don't know why you're going to hold on to these guys because Pascal is the future, and that's a problem to me, and that's a whole other story. So, like, why would you Why would you put all your marbles in for a first or second round exit? You know what I mean? Like that's trade what, yeah, more draft picks away. Yeah, exactly. 
But that's what I'm saying. Teams know that they're desperate. Are they gonna? They're gonna say, "Hey, we're not giving you a first for Lowry because we don't know if he's gonna resign." Exactly. He's got a pretty big cap hit too, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah he's, he's one well, of the. For a he's guy, one of, yeah, for a guy for, you're gonna pick up at the deadline, and he's at least you know over twenty. But he's one year. Now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I. I or he's but, he's a rental. He's gonna play for half the year, and then yeah, and then that's it. That's why. The, sorry. Yeah. Go on. I just think Kyle Lowry. He's not gonna want to go to. He's want to. He's gonna want to go to a a real championship contender, mm-hmm. Lakers, a 76ers. Could even throw Boston in there, but I doubt Toronto would trade their own player to Boston. I think he would have to go somewhere in the West. Maybe the Clippers. Go back with Kawhi and Serge. They need a point guard, obviously. Wow, but, that's actually that's yeah. actually smart. You never know. Because um, Patrick Beverly is the starting point guard, isn't he? Yeah, that's that's a problem. Yeah, so, imagine throwing Kyle Lowry in there with Paul George and Kawhi. They have a chance. They have a chance to beat the Lakers. They have a chance right now to beat them. You get a guy like Lowry. Hmm. Well, it. We're gonna hold on to that take. Okay, I know you liked it. You kind of. Uh, that was apart, a like dig. Right? I like that Clippers take because that would just yeah. again put them over the hump. You saw what the Lakers did to them last season, so <laughs> that would put them over the hump. And that wraps up uh, this episode of the L. Two sports podcasts. Luca, next week. I think we have a is special guest coming. Is it next week or is it the week after? I don't know. It was the NBA All-Star game. I'm going to go back to our We do right have, now. okay, but while you're looking that up, we do have a NBA All-Star game special. I know we have March a lot of specials. 7th. Okay, so it would be the so week next before. weekend. Next weekend. Next weekend. weekend. So it would be the week of the of March seventh, the week prior. So to next 7th. week, is that next week? Next week, because okay. If we well, do we're all it over again, the place, guys. Sorry about that. Yes, <laughs> if we you're do right. it next week, it sorry next about week. the planning. We're doing the planning live on the show. Yes, it is next week. We so do next, it next. You're week. right. Yes, mm-hmm. we have I a special forgot. guest coming in. It's my fault. February. Only we're not going to say his name yet. Yeah, we have a special guest coming in, so, and we are going to do an NBA fantasy draft as well as talk about the NBA All Star Game. Who got snubbed? Who didn't? Who got? Who shouldn't be there? Who should be there? So it's gonna be fun. It's gonna. That yeah, it is. It's gonna be a league-wide fantasy draft. League-wide. Are we gonna go into Europe too? Am I gonna allow uh, to you, draft uh, you wanna, Pau Gasol? If you want to bring Pau Gasol back from FC Barcelona, for, be my guest. <laughs> you know what? He's got championship caliber uh, center right there. So maybe uh, I might have to look into. Yeah, that. never know. So yeah, it's gonna be fun, guys. Uh, make sure you tune into that. Uh, we'll post it to keep you guys updated on our Instagram and all that, but should be really fun. I can't wait to uh, kick Lucas and the, our special guest. But I already have a couple. Oh, yeah, you've been oh, planning this already. What, eh? This You're is already what we're going to do. You're My brother ready. is going to come onto the pod. He's going to pick out of a hat the draft order. Okay. At random, totally unbiased. I know he's a Curtelli, there's only three, but still. There's only three people. Yeah, but if I get to pick first, that's a big advantage. Hmm. Because I, I know you and the special guest. First. It doesn't matter where you pick. I'm you and the special the guest are very uh, smart in this in this basketball pool. We're very sneaky. So okay. I don't want to get caught off guard with okay. my picks because I That's know fine. my team already in my head. Already? I have it in, Without in the knowing vault. The pick. This is how you know it's rigged, guys. He really knows his team. He doesn't even know what pick he's picking. <laughs> don't worry. I'm going to get guys... my brother on to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's smart you do that over an audio podcast. An audio podcast. Where no, no one's going to see nothing. Okay. No one's going to see nothing. Just give yourself number one if you want already. It's fine. I, 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 
It's gonna be fun. Watch, I'm I'm gonna get third. Watch, I'm gonna get third and just That's get okay. shot by back my own brother. Back to back. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Only three guys. Oh yeah, guys, it's gonna be fun. Now make sure you tune into that. See you guys next week. We'll see you next week. Thank you for tuning into the L2 Sports Podcast for Luke Moy. I'm Luke Spatelli. We'll see you next week.